Hello everyone, this is The Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. Get it. And we're here with this week's Value Line Observer. Uh, and as uh, our regular listeners know, we're two veteran Wall Street analysts that have uh, taken on secret identities uh, so that we can uh, protect our ongoing... And our families. Really, it's for our families. Um, uh, ...to talk stocks. Um, every week we like to... Uh, Go through that week's value line investment survey. This week we're going to be looking at uh, today's dated issue, the June 16 issue. Um, and we need to, of course, uh, uh, warn you in uh, good Wall Street tradition, all presentations begin with a bunch of legalese. Um, Disclosures, you, if you will. There you go. Uh, caveats, uh, ad hoc statements that uh, in any event, we might own any of the stocks that we talk I about. I own all of them. We may have other interests in them. Uh, but I promise you, you're getting our candid and unbiased opinions about these stocks. We're trying to get this very right. And we're trying to provide you some uh, Wall Street insight, if you will. So uh, still, uh, while we take very seriously our effort to find good stock ideas, we're not responsible for anything that might happen. And you really ought to just consider this entertainment. Entertainment. Um, Hopefully it's entertaining. This week, uh, I'm going to try to provide some insight into the coal mining industry, the coal industry. That's in the news. Very hot area, but uh, most of the stock's well off their highs from this year, so uh, we think topical. But uh, first, um, I'm going to turn it over to my uh, mentor in masquerade, Val Hughes. Thank you very much, Vern. Thanks for joining in, everybody. Uh, This week's value line, uh, frankly, for me, uh, was tough to find a lot, a lot of industries that... uh, you know, basic industries and such, that a lot of commodities and things, it's a little harder. Um, but uh, I did take a close look through this specialty chemical area, and uh, there's some interesting names in here. Value Line's view of specialty chemicals right now is that it's ranked 56 for timeliness. Uh, you know, we're bottom-up investors, but it's interesting to you know, take a look at the macro view, uh, make sure you're swimming with the tide rather than against it. And specialty chemicals certainly have a tide uh, to them. And uh, Value Line ranks them in the middle of the pack here, and but says that, on the other hand, uh, industrial production is going to be up 4.4% this year, which I think I'd agree with that. Uh, and also, we're at the stage of the cycle where capacity utilization is rising, Uh, We're getting pricing and end products. And so things that add to processes, add to uh, productivity, but don't cost a lot compared to the total value of the process can also get price increases and sometimes nice ones to make up for the cost increases of the last few years. And some of these specialty chemical companies are right in line to... uh, uh, to, to benefit well, and from as, as you know, basic industry in the United States, having gone through a pretty severe recession, right, um, has spent the last decade leaning out operations and getting more productive. And what does Alan Greenspan talk about every time he makes a public appearance? What's the growth rate and productivity, right? Um, well, this is the sector or one of the sectors that's been driving that. I mean, business services, other IT important, but uh, manufacturing has participated as well. So. You should see, uh, you should get better leverage, right? Well, uh, I think a lot of it right now is, I, I agree with that, but I think right now, you know, they've, they've absorbed price increases, feedstock costs, obviously, oil, uh, natural gas even, although it's off yeah. recently. But uh, the feedstock costs have gone up, and these guys don't have a lot of price leeway when the uh, customers for them who sell big stuff to other big customers don't get price leeway. And so once their customers get some pricing, they have an opportunity, and that's happening right now. In fact, the theme uh, through most of these today in, in this area, and Value Line speaks to it uh, very well, is that they're all seeing price increases. And yet, uh, for some reason, Value Line doesn't seem to 
uh, want to rate these very highly, and I think in part that's because they haven't moved yet. So let's, you know, maybe get in line ahead of all that. I'm, the first one I've got here is... Uh, well, the, is, huh? that a, is that a, your version of that old buy low, sell high thing? Well, I think buy in advance of the crowd. You know, value guys end up being a little bit contrarian. It's that tide thing again, Don't you it? like, you know, if you're a value buyer, don't you like, let, let's just say you're going to the movie or going to the, you know, to the ball game. Don't you head for the line that's shorter where there, you, you, there's no weight? So these stocks, there's no weight. Especially I mean, if it's a good game. It's a good. Well, I think a lot they, of action. I think you have a something good, could happen at any moment. Well, I'm sure something could happen at any moment. I mean, there's private equity guys everywhere at the you know ready to snap these guys up. But uh, we don't buy stocks for buyouts. These are good, well-run businesses. Let me get into it here a little bit. Uh, Avery Dennison, A V Y. Uh, stock at 56, value line rates is a 3. What I'm drawn to is the, initially the low multiple. It's 15.5 uh, times earnings. Uh, it's a 12% discount to the S&P. You get a little yield on this one, 2.8%. Uh, they have a nice history of sales growth per share, pretty consistent, although the last few years have been tougher, and I think that's because uh, capital spending a little bit was on hold. But some of that's coming off as capacity utilization rises, so maybe we're a little bit of an advance of that trend. I do think we have a couple good years left of uh, recovery where a lot of pundits don't think so necessarily, but of course they predict nine of every five recessions, as you've heard us say. So uh, we think, you know, buy good businesses if uh, you have an opportunity because of recession fears that's probably a good time to wade in, and I think that's working on some of these valuations here. Avery Dennison is a worldwide manufacturer of self-adhesive base materials, labels, tapes, office products, specialty chemical adhesives. Uh, we have talked about this one before in past shows, and uh, the theme was, as we're saying today, price increases. They've got a nice history of rising returns on capital. Uh, their operating margin has been consistently in the, in the low to mid-teens. Uh, their earnings That's per share. Impressive, I yeah, think, for a chemical company. Yeah, it, it really right, is. Right through the recession. It speaks to really some type of monopoly pricing in the sense that they're doing stuff that customers have to pay up for, and that generally means it's providing economies or efficiencies to the customer that warrant the high price. In other words, the customer doesn't care what the price is as long as he's getting an ROI on that product or a short payback well, on you, the product. If you think about it, these are the people that are uh, well known for their uh, PSA products, pressure sensitive adhesive. In other words, you peel the label off and it'll stick right. to anything. Absolutely. I, you know, you travel anywhere in the business world today, uh, multiple visits in a, uh, in a given city, maybe you're there seeing clients, um, you're going to be uh, going through some kind of security process. And let me tell you folks, having been through it, they're, uh, they're almost uniformly using stickers that will attach to your suit or whatever, and they're disposable. Um, we're, we're in a world where, you know, people like that kind of a product. I'm well, so it sure gets even better than that. In the apparel industry, uh, there's a, uh, a, a shift underway going from paper-based types of uh, security devices to something called RFID, inlay labels, that happen at the factory, and these tend to be paper adhesive labels that go inside uh, apparel such that uh, you won't notice it, but that, you know, it's a security device so that the bells ring if they you use leave. Magnetic well, Basically. they uh, the value line says here they think Avery Dennison's going to get 30% of this market. You know, the market's right at the front end of all that. And so uh, they're predicting $10 million in new sales from this next year. But this could be, you know, $100 million, uh, five years out. Uh, management is seeing some good growth in their biggest sector, pressure-sensitive materials. We've got several good earnings comparisons coming up. 
Uh, balance sheet's good, 32% debt to cap, although coverage is decent at eight and a half times. Um, I'm not seeing as many uh, insider buys here as I'd like to see, which is uh, none, unfortunately. That's sort of surprising given how flat the stock really has been over a long period of time. Well, and officers and directors here only own 1.2%, but I think that's probably because the Avery family and the Denison family got to the stock long before the current management team came <laughs> along. But anyway, this is one to look at and just put away. It's cheap, and it's not going to stay cheap. Avery, Avery Denison, A-V-Y. Uh, another specialty chemicals. This is a favorite of mine. Uh, this is Val. I actually had visited this company. Uh, it's in uh, it's in uh, Midtown. Uh, they have a building up on I think 57th that uh, you know it's right out of the 50s and it's beautiful. Uh, and I guess my point is they've been around a long time. They probably have a lot of uh, uh, you know, understated assets. They're trading at a discount right now because earnings the last few years have been flattish. If you don't know, International Flavors and Fragrances, IFF, uh, is a, a global uh, provider of, obviously, flavors and fragrances. 57% of their uh, business is in the fragrance business where they actually design the uh, uh, you know the, the the fragrance the 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 people who are called noses uh, put together uh, their special formula and this is this is big business. Are uh, they elves? Uh, you never actually get to see them. They keep them They're squirreled away. Yes, yeah, a mystical thing. <laughs> they live for away. hundreds of years <laughs> in tree? in, uh, in the forest. Oh, but uh, no, these guys are professionals and. Uh, and, and so these guys are called in to invent new new perfumes, but they also, people may not know, get very involved in flavors. So when you go to McDonald's and have a French fry, you know, you're not actually tasting a potato. You're tasting uh, a concoction from uh, IFF or McCormick or the like. And so it's a very stable business, and, and similar to what we were talking about at Avery Dennison, their price of their product compared to the value of the overall product is very small. And that allows them to earn very good margins. They've had, you know, 20 plus percent margins back forever. Uh, they're eroding a little bit in here. I think that's probably due to raw material price increases. Sure. Sales per share uh, have been consistently going up, although not that fast. This is not a fast growth company. They're trading right now at uh, 16 times earnings. Cash flow is predicted for next year to be 340, so right around 10 times cash flow. They only put a buck of that back into CapEx. Returns on capital, uh, you know, are running uh, in, traditionally uh, have run in the you know high teens, low teens. Right now they're back in the high teen area, and they pay a little bit of a dividend. This is a very uh, stable uh, business, and one of the growth upsides here is right now they're involved in putting uh, some of the pressure on earnings uh, is coming from startup expenses in China and in India. Well, it uh, it's starting to turn out that as the Chinese consumer gets going, they're starting to look a lot like 1950s America uh, in terms of their wants and tastes. They like Buicks, and they like perfume and makeup and uh, right. you know it's been a while since yeah. the Buicks were popular <laughs> that's the here. most popular car so uh, they're just now getting involved the Chinese economy obviously is uh, growing and and a larger growing middle class wants to wear makeup women are you know starting to come into their own this could be a huge opportunity and add a little uh, if I can say spice into the mix here sorry about that but uh, in any case they're also doing the same thing in India and the same things happening in India you have a whole evolving middle class that wants to wear 
you well, know, perfume a, and I mean, makeup a, and things like that. That's a culture that's famous for its sense yeah. and smell. Yeah, so income's going up. You don't have to pay a lot for the stock, and, you know, they're behind some of the most famous, most successful perfumes in the in the world in history, and also some of the flavors. This is like, this is like Avery Dennison. You're buying yeah. the industry. You're buying the, this is the titan yeah. in this space. Yeah, it really is. So you're buying so, the growth So uh, IFF, International Flavors and Fragrances, I might try to own that one. Uh, another one in the group, again, there's a couple, I think, real gems in here. Sherwin-Williams, ticker SHW. This stock trades at 12 times earnings. It's a 30% discount to the S&P 500. It gives you a little yield, 2.3%. Sherwin-Williams, I mean, you know who they are. They're North America's, I'm just reading the value line, North America's largest producer of paints and varnishes. They also make application equipment and automotive, automotive coatings. They have 3,357 company-operated retail stores for paint, wall covering, etc. Uh, their brands include Dutch Boy, Sherwin-Williams, obviously, Pratt & Lambert, Minwax, Martin Senor. I've never even heard of some of those. They probably car paints or something like that. Uh, they sell that but in France. Also, get this. Officers and directors. This is a number you don't really see that often for a company this established. Officers and directors and employees own 19 a percent of the there stock. Must be a founding family. Yeah, family. I don't know, or an ESOP of some sort. But Maybe. you know, they earn mid-teens operating margins forever. This is rock solid. Fear uh, housing. They earn uh, their their return on capital. Value line has a nice twenty-year chart in here. Has been doing nothing but going up steadily each year, except in a couple of off years. Uh, they're now going to you know predicted to earn over twenty percent return on capital. They have fourteen percent debt. <laughs> And their coverage is 14 times. They've got some very nice earnings comparisons coming up. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what's wrong with this thing. This thing looks outstanding to me. Sherwin-Williams, you know, what's going on now? If you have a wife at home or you are a wife at home, what have you, there's all these shows now about how to fix up your house. The country's, you know, real estate crazy. And uh, it becomes evident to people as they try to sell their home that, you know, you gotta freshen it up, and you gotta paint it. You gotta, you gotta basically go to a Sherwin Williams store, and you'll add thousands and thousands of dollars to your house. This is actually the same argument that we have for Avery or International Flavors. You spend a little bit of money on some paint, and you can add uh, multiples and multiples of that to the value of the asset you're trying to improve. So there's a theme here. That's what's how specialty chemicals work. And in addition to that, you might have a little bit of a real estate play here with Sherwin Williams. They, uh, I believe, own some of these locations. Um, Value Line uh, rates this stock three, but in addition to hitting on all cylinders and about to post a record return on capital, uh, earnings estimates across the board are rising for Sherwin Williams, uh, IFF, and Avery Dennison. This looks like a group that's about to move. Well, that's got to be a bad dynamic. Uh, why is that? <laughs> rising earnings estimates. Well, I think estimate, estimates go up and stocks go up. That generally happens. Um, and then um, let's see. Sarcasm. Oh, was it? Yeah. I didn't get that one. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to re-listen to the show later. Okay, so uh, that is the specialty chemicals area. Now, I just have a couple of one-offs. Uh, Value Line did the wireless networking industry this week on page 508. And, uh, you know, the chart here that they show, basically these stocks have done nothing for many years. In part, that's because, uh, you know, there's been, uh, I think, a lot of suppliers to the industry 
there's been consolidation uh, and changed, uh, you know, formats and standards. And so there's been some capex, you know, surges and declines from time to time that's made this a tough industry. And part of what's happened here is just people perceive risk rising because the predictability of these flows of orders from these giant phone companies is not very high. And so uh, I'm going to mention one here that got whacked the other day, PowerWave Tech, PWAV, value line rates this three. Stock is nine. Uh, the high is uh, just not a few, not long ago, 16, and back in 2000, the stock got to 75, although I'm not going to predict that it's going to get to that. But what these guys do is they design and manufacture products that improve coverage, capacity, bandwidth of wireless networks, including antennas, boosters, filters, radio frequency power amplifiers, repeaters, and tower-mounted amplifiers, order before midnight tonight. No, I'm sorry. But anyway, um, now what's happening on with wireless demand? I mean, what's happening to it? It's rising. Uh, there's a little thing called the, uh, uh, the cell phone that you all know about, and that's uh, you're causing some demand. But there's about to be, uh, I think, an explosion in wireless demand because of music. And now the iPod is not wireless. Wall Street Journal had a little article just a day or two ago about this new thing called the Gremlin or the Troll or some little thing that looks like an iPod. But it's wireless. The troll. I don't know. IPod it trolls with, from you. I don't know. It's an iPod with warts. I, I, it looks like a very interesting product. But how long before Apple has a wireless iPod and we're all wireless? We're wireless right now. We're speaking to you from a wireless facility. So once the music comes on, this is the killer app. It's going to drive big demand and, uh, for additional capacity. And these companies are going to have to really scramble. Andrew, A-N-D-W, is also in the same industry, although Value Line doesn't cover them. They also were hit. Now, what happened? PowerWave, just a few weeks ago, uh, they did a real no-no on Wall Street. Uh, stock prices are down 40%. Uh, the Wall Street analysts who cover this were expecting top-line growth on the order of 50%. But it came in at only 19, so they said the company missed the estimates. Well, you know, I would just suggest perhaps the analysts missed the estimates, okay? The company was up 20% in revenue. That seems pretty good in an economy that's growing at 4 or 5%. Not bad for a discount to not, market. Not bad. The stock is now uh, trading at 9 bucks. They've got a buck. 20 in cash flow predicted for uh, this next year, and they got a rising demand for capacity, but it's just very lumpy with all the acquisitions, divestitures, consolidations among the uh, purchasers of their product. It's not surprising that people can't keep track of when the order for the new, you know, uh, uh, power amps is going to come in. So I think this is one to put away. It's extremely cheap. The balance sheet's in decent shape. It's 14 times earnings. They're still expecting quite a nice growth rate this year. I think over 20% in earnings. Uh, the stock is, uh, I think, just waiting for someone to buy it, frankly. And over the next 12 months, there's going to be good news on this one. And that's, uh, that's all I have this week. Uh, Vern, this has been Val Hughes. And uh, I'd like to now uh, have a beverage. Time break. for a beverage break. Beverage break. Beverage break. Clink. Clink. And uh, with that, let me introduce my colleague and uh, uh, the uh, renowned uh, expert, uh, Vern Value. <laughs> Who um, is going to uh, uh, pretend to have expertise in the coal mining industry today. How about that? Coal mining. I think you... I, I, I'm not a coal miner's daughter. Though. I can picture you as a coal expert. Can you picture me as yeah. a coal expert? Yeah. Yeah. They do... Uh, I, I didn't realize there were this many coal stocks. One, two, three, uh, four. There are eight. 
<laughs> four comes after yeah. three thanks. Yeah. I was getting a bit lost yeah, there. I, uh, <laughs> uh, hello. There is, there is a difference here, though, in the eight that Value Line has. One of them is a... Uh, one of them is actually a machinery company, and the rest of a manufacturing company. The rest of them are the miners. Um, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about why we think the machinery name is the uh, is the best one of the group. Uh, it's interesting. You were just using the terms uh, unpredictable order flow, yeah, and lumpiness. Lumpy, yeah. Which uh, have recently come into play at uh, Joy Global. Uh, the symbol's J O Y G. This is a name we talked about. Uh, when would this have come up in cycle before? End of February, uh, three, maybe? Three, four months ago, probably. Uh, the stock was on its way to a high of 72. Um, has been cut off at the knees since then, down to about $50. Um, Joy Global, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, uh, well, value line. Worldwide manufacturer and marketer of mining machinery and equipment. Uh, but if you read on, you'll find that... Uh, their aftermarket business is a big, uh, their service and uh, parts is a big part of the business model. Um, Value Line doesn't indicate exactly how much, but it's uh, it's actually a majority of their business. It's hmm. actually taking care of all the machines that are out there. And the reason it's so big is there are very few companies left in this industry at all. I mean, uh, this industry has gone through massive consolidation. It's been in basically a negative growth rate mode, uh, especially in the United States for uh, many years now after uh, massive overinvestment back in the 60s and 70s, times of uh, more rapid inflation and uh, very high commodity costs. Oh, and then and, oil got cheap. Of course, culminated in the first uh, energy crisis in the early 70s. Um, this is, uh, we think, very attractive idea. Um, the, uh, the stock is not as cheap as we'd like to see it in terms of a uh, PE multiple, but you have to understand that this is a, this is as long a cycle business has come. So um, the near-term PE uh, ratio or any uh, near any metric that's based on near-term financial results is going to do a poor job of capturing what the real investment opportunity is. In the case of this company, they operate with uh, uh, big order backlogs, and so the, in the next 12 months is, months is pretty much in the bank, and variability in earnings will come down to how well they uh, they get all their business shipped out to customers. Um, so I, I really don't think I, I'm not I'm not really turned off by the uh, by the 10% premium to the market. 19 PEs, what value line showing? I, I we also we've looked at this name and uh, there's an acquisition the company's uh, got pending that'll be a little bit additive to I'm sure value lines estimates as well. They don't mention it at all. So uh, PE is really not uh, probably at that much of a premium anyway. The company makes both uh, equipment for underground mining and surface mining, and coal is their largest end market. It accounts for, I think, something like two-thirds of their business. Um, the balance sheet is squeaky clean, despite all the coal involved at this business. Uh, virtually no debt. Value line says $3 million, $6 billion market cap company. They have $175 million in cash on the balance sheet. So there's another, I'll take a dollar off the stock price for that. Um, value line's projecting 35% earnings growth between 0305 and 0911, cash flow 27%. I'm looking at earnings per share, you know, specific forecasts at 20%. As we say, we think that's too low for the acquisition, if nothing else. Interesting value line shows no further margin expansion beyond what they can get this year in the very earliest stages of a uh, emerging cycle for this equipment. That's awfully hard to believe. But even if they're right, maybe the money's being poured into capital spending. But I see Value Line forecasting uh, cash flow at 335, CapEx at 40 cents. 
I've got three dollars of free cash flow against my fifty dollars stock, and well, that's just right how now. How sustainable? I mean, this looks kind of peaky. You keep saying we. I don't know if I like this. This looks like it's uh, the, the returns on capital have gone from five to thirty. Right. And is that going to be sustained, or doesn't this uh, doesn't this elevator go down on the? Other we've side? we've got something. The reason the coal industry I think is interesting and has been a real hot topic with people is that uh, after uh, the oil companies piled into the uh, coal mining industry starting in the 70s because we were going to run out remember we were going to run out of oil yeah and people were lined up around oh, the block to buy gasoline etc yeah, um, they basically the industry has spent the last 25 years working off that excess capacity and uh, in 201 every one of the uh, major oil companies has finally sold their coal mining uh, businesses and virtually every one of the public coal mining companies was once owned by one of the oil companies um, and finally, with pricing starting to recover because of extremely tight supply-demand balances, conditions, um, you know, they're starting to spend money and look to expand capacity, although very little of that's happened to date. And you're not going to be able to relieve the, uh, um, the supply problem here, and it is a shortage of supply, not an apparent excess of demand, because coal demand really doesn't grow all that fast. It's not all that sensitive to uh, the economy because the largest application is generate electricity. And while that the increase of uh, the rate of growth and the use of electricity does respond a little bit to the economy, there's a huge baseload requirement just to keep our homes warm and our refrigerators cold, our beer cold, and all those kinds of good things, right? Um, so very stable and um, furthermore, very difficult to bring incremental capacity on in the United States. But the thing that's very attractive and incrementally attractive about Joy, besides the story here, is that they're a very direct play on the opportunity in China, which Value Line talks about here. Um, China has emerged an ideal growth opportunity. Uh, they're building their first original equipment facility. That means a manufacturing facility in China. So there will be a good opportunity to actually take the battle directly to the indigenous manufacturers that are supporting the largest underground coal mining industry in the world, folks. China. There's more coal produced in China than anywhere else. And I think something like two-thirds of it is still dug manually today. In other words, a man with a tool in his hand. Now, it might be a power tool, but a tool. So uh, massive opportunity as China continues to modernize. Uh, we like this a lot. Uh, we think this in terms of ultimate earnings power. I don't know if cheap. I like it. He keeps saying we, but we, we, Val we, doesn't we. know All if right. like it. It's, it's the Wall Street we, okay? Oh, well. You don't have to like it. So I, we like that a lot. And so you then like we... You like, you like I, I like it a yeah, lot. Yeah. Okay, so I, Vern Value, yeah. like it a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. That doesn't, I don't know if that's sustainable. Uh, this stock sold off recently because they reported a quarter, a victim of lumpiness. They had a shortage of orders in one of the part of the piece of their business. Suddenly the street thinks a cycle, which only began like a year and a half ago and could last I, you know, well over five years. So your years bet on that is this started. cycle is going to be a long-lived cycle. We're just seeing the start of all That's that. That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, and so what about the coal companies themselves? And although they've come off highs nicely, um, we're not sure about the attractiveness of the people that are actually producing and selling the commodity. Peabody, probably the best-run player in the industry. They are just the look largest. At that chart. According to uh, according to Value Line. Uh, guess what? Uh, it, you know the hockey stick chart rewarded with a one rating by Value Line. Um, this is a coal mining company selling for 23 times earnings, a 30% premium to the market, uh, approaching 20 times free cash flow. There is better than 10% sales growth here, but 
I mean, come on, folks. Um, stock is down from 76 to 55. So if you're a trader and you want to just make a wild bet on, you know, ongoing tightening on that in the line market, going back up or whatever. You know, but you can buy you can buy uh, futures. Why buy the high cost, right. uh, high, most expensive exactly. stock, um, just as a play on coal prices? Um, they, there's there's some uh, advantages cited by Value Line in their analysis, including their large presence in the Powder River Basin, and so a big big reserves in low sulfur coal. But what Value Line doesn't uh, talk about here anyway is that uh, all utilities are being required to have scrubbers, and so the advantage of low sulfur sulfur coal is slowly being dissipated by rate by the change in the regulatory environment. Coal industry capacity utilization, I was just looking at these statistics, the most recent month reported by the government shows north of 95% wow. capacity utilization in the U.S. Utility inventories of coal are down to something like uh, five weeks of supply. Well, that's part of so your joy argument. This is the joy argument. But I, why pay, to, I, I, can, I can buy joy, which is a near monopoly in the equipment industry for 19%. I mean, 19 times earnings. Why would I pay 23 for Peabody? Why would I pay 21 for Arch? The same thing. This is the number two player in the industry. Great company, but north of 30 times free cash flow. They actually are spending a lot, a lot going in in terms of new capital. Uh, guess who gets a big piece of that? Joy Global. Uh, they're showing for 07 a uh, little less than $5 in cash flow, but $4 in CapEx per share. So very expensive wow. on a free cash flow basis. Um, a lot of discussion here about adding capacity, adding capacity, but they are relatively small pieces each individually. Um, so then we decided, well, let's look at the rest of the industry, see if we can't find a good name, because surely there's something mispriced or underpriced relative to the rest. And I think it's actually one that Value Line doesn't rate. Alpha Natural Resources, uh, symbol is ANR, no rating. Value Line says in their description that it has to do with the fact that it's a, uh, well, it's actually a footnote. Timeliness and technical ranks not available due to short trading history. Came public in February of 2005 at 19. Stocks at 20, down from north of 30, down from uh, over 27 earlier this year. Hmm. There is some leverage here, 65% uh, of capital, but it's about 10 times free cash flow. Hmm. Um, value line saying 460 in cash flow per share, hmm. 230 in CapEx hmm. per share. Hmm. And the sales grow sales line, very interesting here. Value line has it going from a billion six in 05 to almost 2 billion in 06, and then 2.2 in 07, so the 2.2, what is that, about 10% growth, but then I'm going to go to 3.2 by 2010. So my top line growth actually is going to accelerate in the latter that part of the decade. That is very interesting. For 10 times earnings, folks. What's the... The stock's way off. What's the deal with it? It's a post-IPO company. Undoubtedly, they missed some analyst missed group something. estimates. Um, but the top line, they I mean, probably upset most, some institutional oh, sales. The force. most recent quarterly sales comparison: 480 versus 312. Who brought them? Home? Morgan, uh, oh, Citigroup and, and Morgan, Morgan Stanley. Stanley. So they're Those not are a happy. Those couple of fly-by-night operators. Yeah, they're they? all, and they're not happy. Oh come on! So they, it says they've committed about half of their 2007 production at 57 dollars. Um, I thought I had seen a lower number for this year's. Now I'm afraid I don't. Oh, here we go. Average price per ton the first quarter went to 55 so they've got some pricing locked in um, yet still have some with only half of it contracted an opportunity to benefit from further increases in underlying prices um, steam coal 63 percent that's the part that you better? like that's what you like because that's electricity production yeah um, uh, metallurgical coal 
37%. That's for making steel. Ah. We don't like that because ah. it's cyclical. It's good now, but it's not why you're buying the story. But it is only a third of the business. Um, so I looked at the rest. We like that one, A&R. Fording Coal Canada, similar multiple, but some kind of an income trust in Canada with uh, pretty much 100% exposure to the steel industry at eight times probably appropriately priced. Uh, I've got PVR, Penn Virginia Resources. This company is involved in natural gas, not just coal. Natural gas prices coming down lately. Stock down from 32 to 26, uh, but it's 16 times earnings. I don't see anything. I mean, I don't know if they've got good reserves or bad. How it's almost a market. Well, the quality of reserves we know is uh, not what we thought a few years I've ago. I've got Consol Energy, CNX. Now, this is a big player. They're one of the leading U.S. producers. They do have some natural gas business, though. Um, but I'm looking here again, folks. Take a look when you're looking at capital-intensive industries. Don't just look at the cash flow number, 440 for 07 in this case. But look at CapEx. Here again, $4. Very little gap. So free cash flow, quite small. 16 times earnings. Same deal. Not really cheap. Um, I am interested, though, in Massey Energy. Save the most interesting for last. Rated 4 by Value Line, symbol MEE. Um, there, it's eastern coal, so high energy content, but high sulfur. We talked about scrubbers being added, and so this business gaining in a very strategic sense relative to other miners. Uh, they're 69%, almost 70% utility. It says 9% industrial. I'll bet you a piece of that's for power generation. Hmm. It's only 22% uh, metallurgical coal, so I like the mix. Uh, they've had some first. They had a first quarter disappointment in part a fire at a mine. Uh, they've had they've lost some workers. I think there might have been a labor dispute here at one point in time. These are short-term issues. So I've, I'm looking at 18 multiple, and I'm thinking, well, maybe the 18 multiple is not that high. And with 10 times free cash flow, again, free cash flow, value line forecasting almost seven in cash flow, 370 in capex per share. The difference 320. I got a $34 stock. I do have some leverage. But uh, adjusted for cash, less than 50% debt to cap. So if I'm going to buy, if I'm going to buy coal miners, we'd recommend a position split between Alpha A and R, a little riskier, brand new issue, and Massey, a company that's been around forever. Well, I got a question. Yeah. Some of these, uh, you know, terrible tragedies we've had recently yep. in our minds. Is some of that getting into these stocks? I mean, the, the, I've, I've read that uh, perhaps the industry is going to face a lot of new expensive types of. Uh, uh, equipment or conditions or you know is, and they is, might is, and yeah. it may it may have played to how the stocks have come stock back some already, yeah um, but the the real news here folks is that uh, in terms of what you'll get from it because it'll really be a productivity pickup lots of mines go through all kinds of safety shutdowns and work interruptions because of temporary apparent hazards that's where a lot of the violations come from people continue to operate because they know it's basically uh, Peter crying wolf uh, unfortunately, a few cases it hasn't been. It's terrible that people have died. Um, but what the company, what they'll pick up in terms, if there is indeed some constriction in terms of uh, rising and raising production, they'll pick it up in price because demand for coal grows virtually every year, and certainly in years when the economy is growing like it is now. Well, so and there's an argument to be made that uh, they'll we'll offset shift, it. We'll shift some, uh, you know, some fuel to coal just because it's a more stable resource. And, the, and one of the things that uh, it makes this make a lot of sense is that you know coal generates 50% of electricity here. Um, the country in the world that has the most rapidly growing needs for energy 
uses 70 per, uh, uses coal for 70% of its power generation, and that's China. You remember we were talking about the joy global aspect of uh, you know being able to sell equipment directly in China. Uh, that keeps the global market tight because they've become a net importer. So this is uh, this is an industry that investors have properly noticed is has different dynamics for the first time in 20 or 30 years. We don't think it's all over, and in a rising tide, if uh, the tide goes out for a while as it's done for these stocks, we'd like to find a good boat to get in so that we can benefit from when the tide comes back in. So that's what I got on the coal industry. Uh, we've had a great time talking to you folks today. And uh, I guess uh, as Is that the end value, of our show again? I think it is. These things end. So uh, quickly. Yeah, it's so quick. It's but a fleeting. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Val Hughes. And yeah. we're the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And uh, arrivederci. <laughs>